I am Camille Johnson, and this is Finding the Floor. Stories and reflections of midlife motherhood, family, and finding meaning in it all. Join me as I share a little piece of my life and figure out what I want to be when I grow up. Hey everyone, welcome to Finding the Floor. This is episode 155, and today I'm going to talk about foreboding joy and our happiness set point. No, like what? I actually have my oldest daughter to thank for this because of something I'll tell you about in just a little bit. But before I get into the whole topic, how's everybody doing? We are in October already. What? I feel like September went by so fast and my kids are literally going to be done with their first quarter of school at the end of like next week. What? Oh, and we have been having some really fantastic weather in the Cleveland area. It's like the past three days we've had 80 degree weather. And then before that it was like 70 degree and sunny. And I live right by Lake Erie and we're part of like this beach club community. And so like we can go down to the beach, but a beach in Lake Erie is usually just like lots of rocks. And we went down on Sunday with general conference this weekend and we went down in between sessions and there was like an actual beach with sand, like the beach and the kind of like the lay of land I guess changes depending on the weather and storms and whatever anyway it's just been so nice so we like after school on Monday we were getting the paddleboard out and it was just like it's like one last little taste of summer even though we're in fall it was so nice so that's been really good but then we're gonna be back to fall which I don't mind at all too I love fall actually fall in Cleveland is the best. So come to Cleveland in the fall. (laughs) Okay, you guys, today is an interesting topic and it's been kind of fun to think about this. And so I'm going to tell you kind of how it came about. So my oldest daughter, Izzy, called me one day and she has given me permission to share part of this. And she called me one day and just was like, mom, I'm just feeling really anxious and I don't really understand why. And I've been trying to do all the things that normally help me like just calm down, but I just don't know what's going on. It's not really working. And so we just started talking about all the things that were happening. And what was interesting is all of the things that were happening in her life at school, in college, were all good. And so as we got deeper and deeper into talking about this thing, we realized or we kind of, she realized and I I was trying to be really good at listening, you guys. I really was. Validating and all those good things. And so there were all these good things happening and she was just feeling anxious. And so I was like, oh, and I had a couple ideas for her. And I was like, do you think 
like you're not used to that and she was like yeah I think I'm used to like being disappointed and you know we talked about how in high school like on our soccer team they lost a lot and in show choir like when they would go to competitions they would sometimes get close and sometimes make finals but sometimes not and just like things were good but just like a slight little kind of disappointment which I think she got used to and I think the same maybe a little bit on her mission she kind of like you know got used to people that maybe weren't interested since they were progressing they had to like let them go and not work with them or come back to them later and so sometimes those things were disappointing and just it's kind of hard to go to up and down and so it was just interesting how she was just feeling anxious and uncomfortable so then I remembered a couple things I remember reading the book by Brene Brown I think it was during COVID and I'm surprised I haven't I don't think I've done I didn't even check, but I don't think I did a review on this book, Daring Greatly, but it's really, really good. So I might come back to do that book. But in that book, she talks about this idea of foreboding joy, where because things are so good, it's actually sometimes more difficult for us to feel joy. Like it feels uncomfortable. And so I think that's what she was feeling. This like, things are really good. Like, (laughs) why would I feel anxious? That's weird. But I think that we realized there was a little bit of this feeling of vulnerability because things are going well and this idea of joy, but then also foreboding joy is when you can't quite handle that And so then you kind of lean into this armor of foreboding joy where you kind of like are more okay with feeling disappointment. So you're like, well, I just feel like another shoe is going to drop or you imagine something bad happening. And I'm going to talk about foreboding joy a little bit more. But then we also talked about how, and I also remember this idea of the happiness set point because there had been a couple workshops that with Jody Moore's life coach stuff that she talks about how our bodies are like kind of used to like a set of happiness and sometimes when we get too happy or things are too good we actually try to sabotage ourselves and not like in not like in a bad way she even mentions how sometimes when we have something good happen we want to celebrate and so we go and get something sweet to eat and it's interesting that the same thing we do to celebrate grabbing something sweet to eat is also the same thing we do when we're feeling bad feelings like we want ice cream at both times because we want this like dopamine hit and sometimes when we're feeling really good that actually gets us back down to what we're comfortable feeling our happiness And then when we're feeling down and we use like food to kind of regulate that, then we get a dopamine hit and we're like, okay, I feel better. I don't necessarily want to feel either too good, that feels uncomfortable, or even too bad. And there's a whole spectrum of like emotions. Obviously you have like 
neutral kind of like in the middle and you have like all the positive emotions on one side and all the negative ones on the other and kind of how we're okay with in our normal lives a certain height let's say if you go I can go to this happy or this sad but if I go beyond that that just feels not good so Izzy was really cute she was like well mom maybe that's something you need to talk about on your podcast because that idea of foreboding joy and this happiness set point so that's where this is coming from and so I'm just going to get into a little bit more of both so you can kind of see if you're doing the same thing sometimes you feel anxious or sometimes you feel Brene Brown called it like this like really uncomfortable like out of your skin feeling when you're just feeling a lot of joy and that it's okay to just feel that way and lean into the joy like that's what we need to practice doing okay so you will find this idea of foreboding joy in Brene Brown's book called Daring Greatly and it is in one of the chapters it's chapter four that she kind of talks about how to really make connections, we need to be vulnerable, but that's really hard. And sometimes to protect ourselves, we put up what she calls armor or shields so that we don't have to feel too good or too bad. We kind of like put this protection up. So she says the concept of foreboding joy was kind of discovered from Brene Brown's research because she talked about how she would do this. But then as she did this research about vulnerability and she's a shame researcher and that it actually surprised her that it was almost harder to feel joy and that she did it the same way What like when she was feeling really good or if they're getting ready to go on a trip or doing something, she would always prepare for like worst case scenario because it just helped her because this all this joy really was hard to feel. So she says, as a method of minimizing vulnerability is best understood as a continuum that runs from rehearsing tragedy to what I call perpetual disappointment. So this concept of foreboding joy is how we minimize this feeling of vulnerability. And then she goes on to say, when we spend our lives knowingly or unknowingly pushing away vulnerability, we can't hold space open for the uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure of joy. For many of us, there's even a physiological response, a coming out of our skin feeling. We're desperate for more joy, but at the same time, we can't tolerate the vulnerability. And isn't that really interesting? So just last week, it was so funny, I just happened to be like coming home from the morning and just feeling like really good and appreciative. And, and I come home and my husband is like taking our sheets off and putting them in the wash and I'm just feeling really grateful. And then my cute little dog comes in and just like wants to be with me. And so I like sit down at the edge of my bed and I just start crying. And it's not because anything's bad. It's just funny how like I'm feeling so much joy and my body can't like take it, I guess. And so then I start crying <laughs> to like balance it out. Like 
Anyway, so I was just feeling really grateful, hugging my cute little dog and just being grateful for like all the little things. And so she says that is an antidote for foreboding joy. But I think it's interesting how like as she says, we need to lean into that. But she says in regards to foreboding joy, we have so many things from the news, from shows that we watch that just get us into this idea of scarcity and we're not enough which is one of her things she talks about in this book and where like everything's good in the show or the movie and then someone dies right there's always like everyone you're driving they're driving in the car and it's just like a happy everything's happy and then you're like oh no they're gonna get in a car accident and the parents are gonna die oh no you know you're just like no I don't want why do the why does this have to happen this way? I mean, I remember being so upset about the movie Big Hero 6. You guys, still, it's, I mean, it's a cute movie, but why in the heck did the brother have to die? What? He already lost his parents. That's not enough? Ugh. Sometimes I get so mad. <laughs> and maybe that's like, it's a way to use you know, the tragedy to then rise up and and he wouldn't have gone to be friends with Baymax so much or whatever. But it was just like, I can't even watch the beginning of that movie. We don't even watch it very much anymore. But oh my gosh, just stop. <laughs> and we always joke in our family, like with Disney, one parent has to die. That's just kind of like the formula. And so I think we sort of see it so much that it is so easy when things are feeling happy and good that we're like oh no like something bad's gonna happen so what ah isn't that interesting that it's sometimes harder to feel joy even though we're searching for it but it it takes a, a lot of vulnerability to feel joy and so what Brene Brown again says is that gratitude is the antidote to foreboding joy so she says that what she, she did lots of research and talked to lots of people who like went through hard things and they had three points to kind of reminders of how to like, just let yourself feel joy. And she mentioned these things. She says, joy comes in moments, not in the extraordinary. So if you can appreciate the small moments, like getting a text from a loved one that is now not with us. I think about that a lot with my mom. Just even wishing I could, you know, talk with her. And just appreciating those small things and not looking for the extraordinary to be grateful. So that joy will come in just these small things. Then be grateful for what you have. And it was interesting that a lot of people who have gone through really hard things, they said to not shrink away from the joy of your child because I lost mine. I just love this quote. It said, when you honor what you have, you honor what I have lost. And then the last thing she pointed out was don't squander joy. Softening into joy is vulnerable. It's scary. But this quote is so good. She says, but every time we allow ourselves to lean into joy and give in to those moments, we build resilience and we cultivate hope. The joy becomes part of who we are. And when bad things happen and they do happen, we are stronger. Okay, 
So if any of you understand this idea, like my cute daughter, and I've done it too, where things are just really good and then you just get like nervous. Like I remember, you know, you're going on vacation or we went, you know, we went on a anniversary trip this past summer and I was just like, oh my gosh, what's, what if something's happens to us while we're gone? Like, ah, you know, you just have those worst case scenarios. And then I just remember being so grateful when all just went smoothly when we got back and you know, just being grateful because so many things could happen, but she says not to lean into those feelings. So I remember telling my daughter about this time where she and two of her friends were heading to this concert in Indianapolis. And I was feeling really nervous because it was the first time, I think it was like the summer after she graduated or, and I it was kind of the first time she had gone off alone with her friends. And obviously that's so fun, but I was just feeling really nervous and scared. And so instead of trying to go into like worst case scenario, I just was like, I'm so grateful she's having this experience. I'm so grateful that this is happening. And so that's one thing that Brene Brown says is that when you feel vulnerable, when things are good or get nervous, like if your family's going somewhere and you're not going with them or, you know, things are actually really great and you feel that feeling where you want to lean into maybe armoring yourself up, putting a shield on, she says, just kind of talk to yourself and say, you know, I'm feeling really vulnerable right now. And I am so grateful for this about my family. I'm so grateful that like my husband and I had that trip and it was so good for our marriage and our relationship. And we're so grateful to have that experience. And it's funny as once you get going and once you do the things like, just like right before you travel sometimes like I just get this nervous feeling and so that's when I think it's just like oh we have this really awesome opportunity it's so fun just lean into that and it's going to be a way that you can let yourself feel like the joy okay so then that goes into this idea of happiness set point there were actually a couple different articles about this and then I had listened to a few workshops about it given by Jody Moore. And it's interesting how our bodies kind of have a, a set of emotions that were sort of like memorized and comfortable feeling. And then when they, like I said, go above or be, above or below that, some, that's when we start feeling uncomfortable and feel like we have to solve for it sometimes, like either with some type of food or buffering like with social media or watching something not like all those things are bad but it's just interesting to notice and so between Jody Moore she had some ideas of how you kind of like lean into that and notice that and then a couple articles which again mentioned gratitude so it's so funny last month I said oh I'm gonna get better at doing gratitude with my kids and so after this I really am you guys I want to try to help practice gratitude just with my family. So I'm going to try to figure that out and I'll let you know how it goes because I see how it is really important. Okay, so the one thing from this workshop that Jody Moore had mentioned is that you start by being aware of like your top three emotions you feel like on a normal day. So, and she had like a whole big vocabulary of emotion. And it's funny how lately I have been having this feeling of like, 
I don't know if it's restlessness or really a feeling of guilt that I like I, I need to be doing more or like, oh, now that I'm substitute teaching this year, I've decided to be very picky with what assignments I take. And so I get lots of calls in the morning and if it's not something I want, I just say no, which is fine. I'm like setting up these boundaries, but sometimes I feel guilty, like maybe I need to help out. But then I also, I don't want to substitute for the middle school anymore. And I've just put that as, you know, a limit for me. Like I just don't need to deal with that. So it's interesting how I kind of am like, uh, trying to deal with that feeling and kind of like trying to figure out what that is all about. Then I think I also just feel generally like content and then just calm. Like those are kind of some of the things which is kind of interesting. So with Jody, she says, notice for a while your three main emotions and then decide if you want to move those up a little bit to like create, let's say, a capacity to feel joy a little more so you're not so out of your skin and then a lot of that is just like really getting into some of your thoughts you're having so she says if you want to not worry for example and you want to get rid of that practice because sometimes we're just really memorized at feeling certain emotions and having certain thoughts so she's saying you're a person who worries a lot give yourself a protocol that you decide I only worry on Fridays from like 12 to 1 And if a worrying thought comes up, you're like, okay, we're going to save that for Friday and then just kind of push it away or write down the thought or whatever and then just say, I'm going to worry about this on Friday. And she says the same can happen as you practice also generating happier feelings if you want to move that up and you can take the time to just generate those feelings. And she says, if it helps you to watch a certain show or just to like help yourself generate those feelings you don't have to just sit there and like think those things that you can like lean into those joyful feelings so another article that I read which was really interesting was that two things that sort of stood out to me there was like seven of them but two things that really stood out to me is that to increase your happiness set point it said to engage in random acts of kindness and foster meaningful relationships and again the number one thing they said was to practice gratitude so I just think it's interesting that as we can raise our set point we don't do it by getting more things or by accomplishing more things although they do say it's good to set goals and you know try to accomplish those things but it's actually just having that sense of purpose So this one article from Psychology Today, it said, the more we focus on compassionate action on helping others, the happier we seem to be in the long run. It goes on to say in this article, one possibility is that the more value we create for others, the more value we assign ourselves. Helping others, in other words, enhances our self-esteem. On the other hand, if the reason that value creation increases long-term happiness is only because it enhances our self-esteem, Then career advancement and wealth accumulation, which often enhance our self-esteem, should increase our long-term happiness set point too, but they don't. So maybe creating value for others doesn't increase our long-term happiness so much because it enhances our self-esteem, because it enhances our sense of purpose. So I just think that's interesting is 
like increasing our happiness set point actually works better when we're thinking about other people and not necessarily ourselves. Isn't it so interesting? Okay. And then I love this quote again in that same article in Psychology Today. It said, which brings us to an ironic truth. We're the least likely to help others when helping others is the most likely to help us. That is when we feel defeated by problems or devastated by tragedy. At such times, finding the emotional energy and autonomous desire to focus on someone else's problems seems not only impossible, but also illogical. So then the last thing he says, for just as exercise can actually provide us with energy by forcing us to summon it when we're feeling tired, helping others can provide us with enthusiasm, encouragement, and even joy by forcing us to summon them when we're feeling discouraged. Okay, so isn't that just really interesting? And obviously there's also just this idea of really thinking about being okay with feeling joy. Like usually we're like, oh, I just want to feel joyful. And one of the stories that I thought was really great that Brene Brown shared in this chapter about foreboding joy was that how her daughter in fourth or it was in first grade at the time and they were like playing hooky from school and it's like she knew how to just appreciate joy and so they were like at a lake feeding the ducks and I think they were in a paddle boat and then all of a sudden her daughter stops paddling and it just closes her eyes for a minute and then it was a while and so Brene Brown says to her daughter you know hey you okay and she's like yeah I am just taking a mental picture or like a happiness picture I think she called it of this joyful moment so I can remember it on times where I'm feeling sad and so I just think that is really also a good practice too as a way to savor a moment and a lot of times we'll take pictures and sometimes those pictures will stay with us but if you can even just close your eyes and take a mental picture of the moment and then you're able to recall that moment when things are hard or sad that that can help you as you kind of lean into both happiness and sadness because they're both equally good to feel like our bodies kind of need to feel all the feelings but that our willingness to just be vulnerable in joy it's interesting how that can be hard for us. We wouldn't think that that would be hard, but it can be kind of hard because we're so, I guess, worried that it will go away because we have so many things in the world that can show us that. So the other thing I wanted to point out was that Brene Brown says a lot of times with this idea of foreboding joy or our happiness is that there is scarcity and fear driving that. And so if you can also... You know, think of like my abundance podcast. I think that was from last year sometime, right before I did all the seven habits for highly successful people. Just the idea that our Heavenly Father has so much for us and wants us to experience joy. And this world is full of abundance. And that how many times has our Heavenly Father and our Savior said not to fear? And so those antidotes of abundance and gratitude and leaning into all the promises we've been given as children of God, I think that can help us as we learn to 
lean into joy and be willing to increase our happiness set point and be willing just to feel it. So interesting topic. I'm excited for you guys to kind of think about that and maybe challenge you to think about do you do the whole foreboding joy and feel anxious sometimes when things are really good? Because there were so many participants when Brene Brown was talking about the study that did that and that idea of practicing gratitude in the moment and also just trying to generally get a practice of gratitude can help that and that you have like a happiness set point and this idea of like you can raise it like you can be more aware and raise that by doing lots of different things and I will again I have usually all my sources on my website and I have been a little bit behind on updating it I think I'm behind last week I did catch up so I'll get those up there so you have those resources if you want them the other ideas just about helping other people and fostering good relationships okay you guys it's always fun to kind of learn and explore these new ideas thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you next week all right see ya bye I hope you enjoyed today's episode if you have any questions, come by findingthefloor.com, where I will have show notes and links for anything I've mentioned today. Special thanks to Seth Johnson for creating and performing the theme music. Come back next week, and thanks for listening. 